What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. Hey, John Lim here. We've got a great episode of Moving Forward today. Bob Stromberg, he's a comedian, speaker, storyteller, and host of the Wide-Eyed Creative Podcast. He's given many keynotes and presentations at numerous Fortune 500 companies and has been praised by many publications such as the London Times and the Chicago Sun-Times. You can learn more about Bob and his online course, Mastering the Craft of Creativity, at bobstromberg.com. How are you today, Bob? I am well. Thanks for that nice intro. Oh, thank you, Bob. It's great to have you on the show. I'm so excited excited to talk to you because, I mean, you do so many interesting things and you've blended a lot of great elements, which I think are so important for branding and for companies to know about. So, But I want to get started with you. I mean, tell us a little bit about yourself and share a little of your career journey. Well, I've been really fortunate, and this even surprises me, uh, or it surprised me when I realized it, but I've been doing what I do for 40 years. I started uh, right uh, the year after college. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, I've got to try this, and and by this I meant I've got to try performing and writing. I've got to try this, and I decided to try it for three three years Mm -hmm. and see, because I thought one year will be too short. Uh, You know, I'll just, uh, I'll probably give up two years. Oh, you can start to, you can start to sort of glide the second year, but three years, that might be enough. And fortunately it was a good plan. It caught on and I've, I've now been doing it for uh, 40 years and it's been, it's just been such a, such a joy for me to, to have been able to do that long what I really, really enjoy doing for a career. Oh, so fantastic. Uh, yeah, I travel around. I, I uh, do comedy. Um, I speak at uh, conventions and conferences and businesses and churches and family things and, and wherever anybody uh, needs a, an evening of entertainment. And, um, and often uh, not only entertain, but, but also uh, I, I turn the corner and, and make a point addressing uh, one of the issues that they're dealing with. So, yeah. No, that's fantastic. And Bob, so I got to ask you, I mean, coming out of college, I mean, did you have any resistance from your family when you decided this was the path you wanted to take? This is the best story of all, John. I love it. I remember I was married. We had a child on the way. I was sitting as a 21 years old. I'm sitting at the, the kitchen table with my mom and my dad and my wife and my dad (laughs) <laughs> and these are two educators. He's a doctor of education. My mom's a teacher. Mm-hmm. Ac- academia is a really big deal to them. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. my dad looked at me and he said, now, Bob, what are your intentions? In other words, what are you going to do? And I looked at my dad and I said, I'm going to mime school. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, you would think. Now, is that, that, the, uh, is that the worst thing that uh, two educators could, oh, could ever hear, you would, think? Would, wouldn't you think so? Here's why the story is great. My mom and dad, their faces changed, as you might expect, but in a different way. They both lit right up. I saw the smiles come, and my mom looked at me and said, oh, Bobby. That's what she calls me. Oh, Bobby, <laughs> that's perfect. Here's the deal. My mom and dad, they knew me so well that they knew what made me tick. Mm. And, and their idea was send this kid in the direction that he's going to he, – that he should be going naturally. Wow. Uh, send him toward his creativity, and that's exactly what they did. And that's been that's been such a blessing to me because I haven't had that weight on me of of oh, if I don't succeed, uh, mom and dad are going to be right. 
Um, no, I've had the had on me if if I if I succeed, they're going to be right, which is just great. So oh, yeah. I love it. I, that is such a rare gift. I mean, what a wonderful. I mean, that's a great. That really is a fantastic story, and and I I'm so glad you shared that with moving forward listeners, Bob. I mean, so 40 years. I mean, so much has changed, and we just talked right before we started the interview about you know this whole thing of podcasting. So what are some of the big changes that you've seen as you've been doing this, uh, you know, year after year? Well, certainly in terms of business, I mean, I started out with a business card and a, 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 a trifold brochure. Mm-hmm. That was the extent of marketing for me. And it was it was all I needed. That was it. Because honestly, as you can imagine, or remember, 40 years ago, there's no Internet. <laughs> uh, people did phone work and they did direct mailing. That right. was it. So as I traveled, I just uh, made sure that people had a brochure. And then later, of course, I had CDs and DVDs and books Mm -hmm. and stuff like that as I began to write more and more. And I would leave those behind, which was good. That was a good promotional uh, thing to do because then two years later, they would pick up a book. Oh, you remember this guy? Let's have him back. Or maybe we should have him after all. So that was all I needed. But, of course, that that has just – I mean, that's hardly rememberable anymore. Uh, Everything changed in terms of marketing. And that that has been at times for me difficult to keep up with because it's not my natural bent to go toward the business side and the marketing. I'm a creator, and um, that's not the – kind of material that I prefer to be creating, but I've had to do that. I mean, yeah. it's just, it be, it's been necessary. I've had to do that. So, yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, I was an actor for a couple of years and, uh, that's such a huge part of being in the industry now is being able to promote, being able to market yourself and using the tools that are available. So it's so interesting to hear you share that from your perspective, Bob. I mean, but as you know, uh, you know, there are there are going to be challenges or setbacks with any career path you choose. And uh, so I was wondering if you could share one in your long career. Has there been any particular moments where you just felt like, whoa, uh, you know, I'm hitting a huge roadblock? Or even if there was a moment where you felt like, man, things are just falling apart. I've had to actually, I've been through three or four of those. Wow. And I've, and I've had to, uh, the result was I ended up sort of reinventing mm-hmm. myself. Um, I remember a big one about 25 years ago. I had been doing solo work for the longest time, and I felt like I was burning out. Um, I just felt like this this is getting to be not so much fun anymore. I'm I'm getting I'm getting tired of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's just me, me, me. I'm standing on stage. I'm talking about me, and then I'm talking on the phone about me, and then I'm setting up materials about me, and. I was just getting really tired of me. And um, I had an opportunity. I sat down to have breakfast with a couple of my comic buddies. And one of them said, you know, we should write a play. Hmm. And um, and I said, well, we'll never write a play because we're all three so busy. Unless unless we book it first, maybe we could book it first. Mm-hmm. And the, another guy said, well, I, I've got some friends who might be able to book it for us. And he called his buddies up. And we had, a, we had our play booked for 30 days out. But we hadn't written it yet. Oh my gosh! And, Talk about and, putting the fire under oh, your feet. Well, <laughs> I well, I just I said to my buddy, "What are you doing? We we haven't written." He's well, we better write it. So <laughs> we uh, we just went right at it. We wrote a play in in uh, thirty days, and we performed it at a, at a big family gathering. There were about six seven hundred people there. Yeah, and 
we did an hour and we threw, we ended up throwing away about 25 minutes of that hour that we thought, well, we'll never do that again. And then we kept writing. And yeah. a month later we did it again. And then we had a, like almost a full hour that was pretty good. And a director came up to us that, that actually heard that we were going to be doing it. He came to see the play and he, he said, would you like to develop this into a full two act play and do it at wow. our theater? Wow. And we said, well, if we can wait a year because we're all booked up for a year, but if we can wait a year, we could do that. And um, we opened up our play uh, for a six-week run in uh, the spring of 96 in Minneapolis, mm -hmm. where we live. I live here in the St. Paul, uh, Minneapolis area, Twin Cities. Um, and we opened up for six weeks. And uh, it was just one of those once-in-a-lifetime experiences. But it took off. And we had to recast it three weeks in because we had already talked to another theater out in San Diego about doing it. Wow. So we... The last three weeks of the run, we were performing at nights, seven shows a week, five nights a week, and we were performing or rehearsing during the day with a new cast. We left them here thinking, well, they probably won't be able to keep this going, but we tried it. They kept it going after the six weeks was up, and we went to San Diego and started it there. Well, those, that play uh, was called uh, Triple Espresso, a highly caffeinated comedy. It ran. <laughs> I it bet ran, you had to have some of that during the 30 days. Oh, yes, we did indeed. <laughs> but it ran for uh, 13 years oh, at a theater amazing. in Minneapolis. Without closing, and it ran 11 years in San Diego, ended up going to 76 or 77 cities, I think. We wow. spent some time in the West End of London, two years in Dublin, Ireland. It was just an amazing, amazing experience. And that was, for me, that was such a life-giving experience because I thought, I don't know how much longer I can do this when I was working by myself. Yeah. Had this breakfast with these buddies, and that took off and lasted about another well, I did it full time for 10 years. And then I started thinking, you know, I'm, I think I'm ready to go back and, and try, try again with the solo work. And I went back. I still I still to this day do triple espresso once a year somewhere. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's important to when you get to those times when you feel you're up against the wall to reevaluate and say, OK, what, why am I feeling the way that I do? Pay attention emotionally to what's going on in, yeah. in your life. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I have a couple of questions, though, Bob. So had you ever written a play before uh, Triple Espresso? No, that was the first. And as a result, <laughs> I love of it. Pretty exciting to write one play and have it and have it be yeah. a, really have it be a theater phenomenon. But then my theater director said to me, 15 years later, he said, you know, you need to write a solo show because I've been telling some stories from my life. You need to write a solo show. And uh, so I started working away at that and uh, wrote a show called That Wonder Boy, which in 2015 in the fall, it actually won. It's one of the few things I've actually ever won in my life. Wow. Uh, it won uh, three the, the three top awards at the United Solo Theater Festival in, in New York City, which is the largest solo theater festival in the world there were 700 shows were in the festival and uh and i i really honestly i couldn't believe it but i actually <laughs> i won it top That's one fantastic. man best one man show best director and, and audience favorite so that was a that was a, a wonderful encouragement those things haven't happened a great or very often in my career, frankly, but, but that's okay. Um, because I've been able to continue to do and grow doing what I do. Oh, and, and if, 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 if you don't mind me kind yeah, of pushing ahead, I wanted to tell you something. I, the reason I've been able to do that is because I, I came to an understanding, uh, in reverse engineering what I've been doing for 40 years. People told, started telling me about 20 years ago, you've got to pass on the baton now to the younger generation. And, and I remember my first thought was, I have a baton. I, <laughs> I, I don't, 
I don't remember anybody ever passing me a baton. <laughs> uh, but then I thought, well, how would I do that? And being an actor and being a comic, I, I can't teach exactly what I do. I mean, I do hand shadows for crying right. out loud. I mean, I can't, there's a lot of stuff I can't teach. But I realized as a reverse engineered, how have I done this for 40 years? I've been, I've been utilizing creativity. Yeah. Uh, and that led me to a, a real in-depth study of what is creativity? How has it worked for me? And, and I came up with two words uh, I'll tell you about briefly yeah. that I think are helpful in understanding what creativity is and how it works. The first one is gift. Um, and the second one is craft. And creativity is a gift in as much as something of creativity is woven into our very genes. We're born with it. But we are not born creative. Yeah. What we're born with is a capacity and a desire to experience creativity. Yes. And we all begin using that gift. We open up that gift right away when we're little kids. I mean, babies. We're up on our hands and knees rocking back and forth. And we learn that we can make that thing, do that thing with our nose that makes our parents laugh. And then we learn that we can uh, we can scratch that crayon on a piece of paper and look what happens there. Or we can pile up those blocks and knock them over. It's all play. Or in the case with my family, uh, my our, our first son, who was four at the time. Now he's a he's a very successful artist, but he uh, took the the pink magic marker and colored in every one of the white flowers on our new blue couch. <laughs> that was an exciting moment in our family. I'm but, sure. But that's creativity. And yeah. it's, it's what we as children called, and we still call for children, it's, it was play. That's how we opened up that gift of creativity. But it, it disappears. And the reason it disappears is about, uh, at least in the Western culture, the reason it disappears is we get to those middle elementary school years. And we learn really quickly in elementary school that you have to have the one right answer at the end of the question. <laughs> you got to color in the lines, right? <laughs> you bet. And you've got to have the one, the right word in that fill in the blank. And you've got to have the right number at the bottom of that math problem. And create it, it, it always has to – you can't even be off by one digit. It has to be the right answer. Yeah. And creativity – it doesn't work that way. Right. It, it's, it doesn't make sense at all with creativity. Creativity is about finding many, many, many possible answers and having fun with all of them to see what, what is the best one. And sometimes it ends up being combinations of those answers together. Yeah. So, so that's, that's why we begin to think, well, I, I guess I'm not creative uh, because – and, and we forget about creativity or we find it difficult to open up that gift anymore. And that's why it's helpful to think about creativity not as a gift but to think of it as a craft. Oh, and like, yes. like all crafts or skills or processes, uh, they, there are fundamentals that can be practiced in creativity. And if you practice those fundamentals – um, and, and I've actually identified three of those. If you practice those fundamentals, you get good at it. And it, it takes three weeks to start a, start a creative habit. Yes. And, and real briefly, the fundamentals are you grab whatever grabs you emotionally. Every thought, neuroscience teaches us, every thought has an emotional component to it. Mm -hmm. And as we get used to grabbing them, we, we, we feel those more and more. Yes. They, they, as we go through the day, you grab them, you write them down. Then you interrogate those things, uh, meaning you come back to that list that you've put on your phone or that you've written in a pad, and you interrogate them. You look at them. Why did you grab me? Why did you move me that way? And then every artist experiences what they call the aha moment. Mm -hmm. That really is the moment that one of those thoughts or experiences that you've written down becomes an idea. 
a thought or experience isn't something you can't do anything with it. But an idea you can do something with. And then that's the last step. Uh, you transform that into a, your piece of art, whether it's a character in your book or a scene in your play or a new painting or some choreography or a song you're writing. So I say that's how you get G-I-T. That's how you get your Masters of Creativity. You grab and you interrogate and you transform. That's the creative process. And as we practice it, when we get better and better at it, um, things start to happen in our life. Yeah, absolutely. I love it because you're, you're taking that kernel. We all have those kernels, but then taking it to that next level, that next iteration to, to finally taking action. And I love how you're bridging that. And that's a, such an important lesson for moving forward listeners. And, and it's such a reflection of what you've done with your life. I keep thinking about that 30 day self imposed deadline to create a play when you've never written one. Before. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, that, yeah. that pretty much embodies your Git philosophy, and I think that's a great, <laughs> great share with Moving Forward listeners. Well, awesome story, Bob. Are you ready for the Knowledge Burst session? Mr. Well, well, I don't know that I'm ready, but yes, we can sure <laughs> well, try I it. think you're totally ready. If you could write a play in 30 days, I think you could, you could <laughs> nail the Knowledge Burst session. I'm curious, as a creative, as someone who has been you know, doing what you do for so long, I mean, I'd like to... Sh- for you to share, has there been any particular media or book or movie or song, or it could be a cultural experience? Share one and how it inspired you to keep moving forward. Uh, the most recent one, uh, I just read this again, and uh, I recommend this to all of your listeners out there. Um, I, I read Steve Martin's uh, autobiography. Technically, it isn't his autobiography, his whole autobiography. It's the autobiography of his life up through his stand-up years. Ah. Uh, so, uh, and it's called Born Standing Up. <laughs> and it is so, it is beautifully written. I mean, just as an autobiography, it's beautifully written. But every page, it's a, just a prayer for every performer and for every writer and creator that's out there. It's just a wonderful book. Awesome. Bob, share with our listeners, if you have one, I mean, as someone who's now, you know, much more immersed in technology with online courses and podcasting and, and as you mentioned, I mean, the landscape changes all the time. Do you have a favorite app website or it can be a productivity practice, something that has proven to be a real game changer for you and your business? I have, uh, I'll give you two. The first is uh, an app and this is probably the lowest uh, tech app in the high tech world. On my iPhone, I, it, it came with the Notes yes. app, I, little I love white, the white notes box app. with the yellow thing. Oh, I, I live use by it that continually, all day long. I, I, I use it over and over and over again. I also use um, uh, Siri. Uh, the uh, remind uh, Siri remind me tomorrow to yes. do this. Yes. Uh, that clears my mind because things come as the day's going through, and I'm grabbing stuff. And by the way, that's what I use the Notes. Uh, app for i'm i have several grab files in there and everything i'm grabbing as i go through the day i'm just speaking it in there and it's there i don't have to worry about it and i can go back and interrogate it i also use siri because there's so much business stuff so much just business of life that's going on or family stuff that's going on that i can't forget uh so i just i just say siri remind me in the morning and that's 
that's done. Yeah. The other practice that I've uh, developed, which I've found very helpful, uh, and I started practicing this when we bought uh, an old fixer-upper home, a really, really dilapidated home in New England, which uh, ended up being beautiful when we were done with it. But it was overwhelming, the, the amount of work that needed to be done. And I decided the only way this will ever get done is if I fix something, make something, one thing better every day. Mm-hmm. Just make one thing better in this place. And I, I later realized that's a wonderful principle just for life. Yeah. Make one thing better. Make that phone call to that person you need to, to talk to. Uh, make something, if, if there's something wrong, make it better. Fix it today. Uh, and sometimes they're little things, sometimes they're big things, but but that's a great lesson for life and creativity. Absolutely. I absolutely love it. Bob, share with our listeners. I mean, you talked about earlier in your story about it. there was a point in which you were you were a solo act and you, you kind of experienced some burnout. So what do you do these days to make sure that you are keeping recharged or refreshed whenever you have those moments where you feel like, you know what, I'm starting to hit a wall or a roadblock? Well, first of all, uh, sleep is an important thing. Yes, um, I tend to hit roadblocks when I am exhausted. Yes, um, and that happens with with travel. Uh, the day before yesterday, I had I had two twenty one hour days in a row, and uh, I mean of, of being up just because of having to catch flights and so on. Um, and I, I've come to realize if I'm if I'm not sleeping well, I have to be careful with my spirit because I can I can lose it in a hurry. I can start to hate what I'm doing if I'm exhausted. So sleep and uh, nutrition are important to make sure that that I'm uh, eating well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other thing, again, is this this uh, process of creativity of grabbing and interrogating and transforming. As long as I'm doing it, and it's a habit in my life now, and it's a habit to students who I teach this to through my online course, um, if I'm practicing that, I tend not to hit walls mm. because there's there's always stuff that needs to that needs to be done and that I can't wait to get to, that I'm excited about getting to. These thoughts that I've grabbed end up being ideas that are shouting out saying, hey, me next, me next, yep. me next. And uh, and so I'm not running into walls the way I, I did. I used to do this process intuitively the way a lot of artists did. Um, it's much better if you actually understand the process and do it intentionally. Yep. And then you, you tend not to hit the walls. Sting, the artist Sting hit a wall. Uh, he, he talks about this TED Talk where he actually could not write a song for eight years. Wow. And this this is a guy who has 17 or 18 Grammys and yes. 35 nominations. He couldn't write a song. And he said in, in the TED Talk, it, it kind of amused me. He said, the muse had gone away. Mm. And... <laughs> And I want to say, no, Gordon, it's not a there's no muse. It's a process. You just need you just weren't ready for it to go away. If you had been practicing this intentionally, uh, you never would have hit a dry spell like that because you would have had that list just shouting out to you saying, write this song, write this song, write that song. Yeah, yeah I absolutely love it. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Bob, are you ready to do a little time travel? 
Sure. All right. We're going to step into our time machine. We're going to go back and you're going to pick the time and you're going to visit your past self and pick a time, maybe that time where you were doing your solo act and right before that that opportunity with the play came along, you're going to visit your past self and give yourself one piece of advice. And what is that piece of advice? Um, oh, let's say uh, now back in the past... 1977. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, my advice to me to me back then would be, uh, do not worry. Yeah. Uh, which, of course, is a solid piece of biblical advice, of yes. course, too. Um, and I might add, do not, pro- not only worry, but don't project into the future, because you don't live there. Uh, and it doesn't do one bit of good to worry about anything in the future. Um, and worry, of course, is going, oh, no, this will probably happen in the future. This will probably happen. Projecting in the future is to going, oh, if, if that happens, then this I'm going to have this big break. Neither one of those things are reality. Uh, and neither one are helpful. Much better to do just keep working, do the best work you can today, and the future will take care of itself. I think it's great advice, but here's the question. How would 1977 Bob react to that advice? Um, he probably wouldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> what would he say? You say, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to, in line to see Star Wars, just leave me alone. <laughs> That's right. I saw James Taylor uh, talking to Charlie Rose on an interview a few years ago, and I remember James saying to Charlie, I I would have enjoyed my career much more had I known everything was going to work out so well. And what a shame, because uh, he he caused himself a lot of pain for no reason at all. It did him no good to worry about that. Uh, Much better to have enjoyed every every day and to be grateful and thankful for every day and by the way that is something that i'm I'm, i am uh, grateful for uh something in my spirit and uh, some of this goes back to my folks who smiled when i said i was going Mm. to mind school um i I really am a person uh and it's been a benefit to me in my life to be grateful every day for for what i do have and even when i didn't have a lot or when i don't have a lot to know it's okay i'm i'm taken care of and and uh i'm I'm a blessed guy i absolutely love it thank you so much for sharing that bob bob how can our listeners connect with you and learn about all the great work that you're doing oh thanks for asking that they can go to my website bobstromberg.com and uh, forward slash moving forward. This is just for your listeners. I'm going to put this awesome. page together just for you guys. And there are uh, some resources there. I've, I have a really fun um, 60 second multiple three three question multiple choice test. It takes it takes it's nothing to take this test, but it's entitled "Are You As Creative as Steve Martin?" Wow. I love and I, re- I realize that most of your listeners all think they already know the answer to that question, but it uh, it's really quite revealing and it's it's fun to to take. And then there's a 30 minute uh, training uh, introduction video there, uh, which is free, uh, and it's loaded. I I put lots of content in that 30 minutes. Uh, and then my class, Mastering the Craft of Creativity, is there as well, and uh, they can learn about that. And that really is a that's a life changer. That's a it, it drips out uh, for six weeks. It takes about uh, nobody's taken it in less than three or four months to actually work their way through it. But it's it teaches this whole creative process uh, through exercises and and develops those strong neural pathways so that 
creativity becomes a habit. Uh, and it really can. It really can uh, become a habit. Um, and uh, I would love it if, if folks would want to listen to my podcast. Absolutely. Um, that Absolutely. would just be that would be fantastic. In fact, moving forward, listeners, I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to have that link right in the write up. Go straight there, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating and review for Bob's podcast, and and also check out all of the awesome material that he has set up for you. So that is great. Well, Bob, I would love to have you close out the show. So using let's say about four to five words, what parting wisdom would you like to pass on to moving forward listeners? Breathe. Relax, enjoy, listen, and wonder. I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I think actually you may have been the first guest who just selected five really just great <laughs> words as opposed to trying to trying to come up with a phrase or sentence and that I absolutely love it. I think that's so powerful. And moving forward listeners, you heard it from Bob. Check it out one more time. BeMovingForward.com forward slash Bob dash Stromberg. Bob, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to share your amazing story and some really, really great tips on creativity with our Moving Forward listeners. Thank you so Uh, much. Thank you, John. And uh, you're very good at what you do. I appreciate it. Oh, you are as well. And Moving Forward listeners, once again, I got to say it one more time. Head on over, BeMovingForward.com. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, at BeMovingForward. And tune in next week for another extraordinary guest. Have a great week. And remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.